I'm telling you, there is no place like home. Man, we had a fun time chilling with some other churches, but I'm telling you, we got something awesome here in Sulphur Springs. Can I get an amen on that? God is doing something amazing right here at the Way Bible Church, and it's not because of me or the staff. It's because you guys bring in the atmosphere of an exciting believer that wants to see God move in this region. And man, I love being with our, our fellow pastor friends, and I prayed you got to enjoy hanging out with some of my pastor friends as your people are my people. But man, it is good to be home, and I am pumped about next Sunday. Sunday, Super Sunday. So hey, real quick, begin to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter number four, verse 11. And as you're doing that, we want to take a moment. And if you work for an ISD, whether you're in maintenance, a teacher, an administrator, or any area, if you are a homeschool teacher, or you work in the private school education, would you stand real quick? Just stand for a moment. We want to acknowledge and recognize you guys and stay standing until you get this gift that's handed to you. Um, we want to bless you guys and we know that education is so key and pivotal in the growth and the formation of all of our students. So whether it is homeschool, private school, or public ISD, we want to bless you guys with something today because we know the, the, the toll that it takes on your life and we know that you're going to need some refreshing. So what we got for you today is we got a little gift bag with an ice cream cone in it, but we didn't put the ice cream cream in it. We got you a gift card to, to, the, to the ice cream shop on the square down there so you can go by, get some ice cream after school and enjoy a time of refreshing and enjoy a time to celebrate just because you deserve it as an educator. So y'all give all our educators a big hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, I'm excited to be back. And as you're looking into Philippians chapter number four, verse number 11, that's where we're going to kick this off this morning. And I don't know why on my first Sunday back, they cut 15 minutes out of my message time. So I hope you got your seatbelts on and we are fixing to buckle this thing down and we are going to roll into what God's showing us today. And it's going to be an amazing time in the kingdom of God. The title of this morning's message is Seasons or Roller Coasters. Seasons or or roller coasters. And we love Philippians chapter 4 because we love verse number 13. We love this and fill in the blank on the end of this. It says, I can do all things through Christ who? And we love that verse as the body of Christ. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But there's a reason Paul just said what he said that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So we got to kick back a couple verses to verse number 11 and find out what Paul was talking about and when he's writing to this church. And it says this, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation. Everybody say whatever. whatever. See, a lot of times to our situations we say whatever, but that's not what he's talking about. I have learned in whatever situation. I am to be content. That is not content, it's content. I have learned to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret. See, in the body of Christ, everybody's always wanting the secret. Pastor, what's the silver bullet? Pastor, what's the one thing I gotta do? And Paul right here is telling you, I'm giving you the secret. It's do you wanna hear the secret? He says, I am telling you the secret that I've learned, the secret, of, uh, the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, up on, my, uh, on the platform here, I have this beautiful, wonderful, amazing looking tree. And the thing about this tree is, 
It will go through seasons in its life and different things will happen. In about three months, when winter fully begins to settle in, well, Texas, in about five months, when winter really fully begins to settle in in January, about the January 20th mark, this tree will not have any of these beautiful bulbs on it. It will not have any of these beautiful flowers on it. It will not have all these wonderful leaves on it. And the fact of the matter is, if it did in the dead of winter, because it's not an evergreen, evergreen plant or an evergreen tree, you would look at it and say, something is weird about that tree. See, we know the fact of the matter is in the earthly realm that when a season changes, the tree changes. As it goes into the fall, a lot of us love the fall because of all the beautiful colored leaves that happen on all the trees. you got about a two-hour span in Texas to see it, right? <laughs> but if you go to other parts of the nation, sometimes it's very welcoming and loving, and, and you get this big fall surreal feeling. It's like, ah. Okay, a lot of for the younger generation, it's when um, uh, Starbucks brings back the pumpkin lattes, right? Yeah. That's how we know the seasons are changing. And so with that, we would look at this weird if in the middle of fall, all the leaves are still green or in the middle of winter, it still had every one of its leaves or in the spring when it's supposed to be budding all the leaves if it had nothing. So my question for you is this. If we know that the seasons change in everything in the world, because the Bible says to everything you included, there is a season. Why do we not look at it weird when this tree loses its leaves, but when we start losing our leaves, we're freaking out? When we start losing our beautiful green leaves and the flowers on our life and everything is not so wonderful, and you know God's shifting you to in a different season, why do we try to hang on to the leaves when sometimes you're supposed to shed them? The plant doesn't produce flowers year-round, only in a season. The plant doesn't produce new vegetation year-round, only in a season. And so I want to talk to you for a minute today about the seasons in your life. Now listen, change, it's a word I love, but it's a word I've had to learn to love. Right? It's a word I love, but it's a word I've had to learn to love because, listen, seasons change, and change happens. Change, it is the most uncomfortable thing for anybody to go through, so how do you approach the seasons of your life? I'm preaching this message today because we're all about to go into a new season if you got anybody who's the age of 25 and younger, right? We're going into a new season. I like to call it the second new year. You got the new year on January 1, but then you got the new year when school starts, you buy just as much clothes at Christmas as you do before going back to school. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So you got the second new year, and everything starts back up, and all the parents say, hallelujah, we're getting back into a routine, right? All the teachers are like, let's get ready for the grind. I'm looking forward to Christmas. How many days away? Right? And so with that, if everything changes in our life, how do we embrace the seasons of change that are taking place? Now, notice I've said seasons in your life, not roller coasters. I said seasons in your life, not roller coasters. If you have a roller coaster life, you need to realize this, that even amusement parks are only open for a season. Did you get that? If you have a roller coaster life, even in student ministries, our rage group, if you have a roller coaster life throughout high school, you've got to realize this. If your life is up one day, down the next, up one day, down the next, up one day, down the next, and it's all over the map, you've got to realize even amusement parks are only open for the summer. I mean, Splash Kingdom, you got two weekends left. If you need to go, you better get there. Yeah. We took our day yesterday. 
And so with this, you got to realize if your life is a roller coaster, even amusement parks are only open for a season. And God never said to everything there is a roller coaster. He did say to everything there is a season. Seasons change. We change from, we're changing from summer to fall. TWBC is changing cultures in many areas. We're changing seasons. We have been a massive gathering church. We can gather people and people can come, but we want to start becoming a church that grows you in your spiritual walk and in your spiritual identity and your spiritual formation through discipleship. And so with that, everything is changing in many areas. The kids department has changed. Our student ministries has changed. This whole facility belongs to them on Wednesday night. And that's a praise, praise the Lord. We got group life that's changing we got pastoral changes that have happened over the past three weeks and you guys embrace the season of change very well we had school starting back and it's another change so Tuesday morning it all starts unless you're not in Sulphur Springs some of y'all have already started back so you got a head start on where it's at so everything changes and there's seasons taking place all the time so Paul begins to say this in Philippians 4:11. not that I am speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. The secret to embracing leaving one season and entering another season is how content are you in your relationship with God? Paul says this, we can go all the way back and start at the beginning. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He goes on to say, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every situation, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the term that he uses for the secret is the term content. Well, pastor, that's not a very good secret. I was hoping to be, bang, it's going to be the anointing, or wow, it's going to be the power of God, or boom, it's going to be this, and... It's actually a simple word called content. Yeah. And we're going to get to the real definition here in a minute, but we don't like the word content in America yeah. because we were born out of a spirit of comparison. Yeah. We don't want to be like England. So therefore, if we would have lost the war, it would have been called a rebellion, but since we won, it was called the Revolutionary War. Right? 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 You notice any time a country revolts, if they lose, it's a rebellion. If they win, it's a revolution. And there's no difference. The war was the same. See, we were born out of this spirit of comparison. And everything that we do, we're comparison. We are the most competitive nation on the planet. Yeah. I mean, we compete about everything. We got Master Chef. We're going to cook. Who's, see who's the better cook. I, hey, I'm, I'm grateful. Improve your game. There's nothing wrong with competing. But there's a big difference between competing and comparison. Yeah. If you are always comparing yourself to something... You're always never going to be content. You can compete all you want. Paul even says you must compete to win the prize. But he never said comparison to win the prize. And so we must make the difference because a lot of us think competing is comparison and they're two different things. And so with that, I want you to understand that in this message, we're going to understand that comparison is an evil spirit not from God. And if you're wondering why you always got to keep up with the Joneses, it's because you're being led by a spirit of comparison, not a spirit of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, you saw so-and-so. Pastor Derek just got a swimming pool. <laughs> Say that. Say that. Amen. And don't think I haven't brought that before my wife 532 times to say, hey, baby, Pastor Derek got a swimming pool. How come we ain't got a swimming pool? Right? It's just a running joke behind the scene. Derek's out. He said, I'm checking, baby. 
I'm bailing. He's going to go scavengers for some food somewhere and get something to eat. So-and-so's building a new house. Baby, why can't we ever build a new house? So-and-so got a new car, and it's loaded. $80,000 for a car. Right? I mean, they're out, they're out there. But everything is about comparison, and you know you have a spirit of comparison if when you see somebody has something that you want, and you get this, well, why don't I have it? You get that attitude about you, well, I, 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 don't know why, I, don't, I don't know why they deserve it, and I didn't deserve it. When you get the sour attitude about somebody else getting something new, you got a spirit of comparison about you. And in that life of the spirit of comparison, it will drive you to fall deeper into the trap of comparison and you will never, ever be satisfied. Have you noticed the trees in your yard don't compare which ones grow quicker? The trees in your yard don't compare which one bears fruit quicker. The trees in your yard aren't laughing at the one who loses its leaves quicker. They're simply planted like we need to be planted in the house of the Lord so we can flourish in the courts of our God. And when we get planted, we'll produce in due season and we'll reap a harvest. It's a promise from God. You're going to produce and you're going to reap. You just got to learn to stay planted and not get on the roller coaster. See, a lot of us, we make a good intention of getting planted. And as soon as we get planted and we're planted, the next tree over grew a little quicker. I'm going to uproot and I'm going to go. Right? Listen, we're in our 19th year of ministry. And I love hearing those words. We're we're almost 20 years old. Praise God, we're almost an adult. Amen. Hallelujah. But I want to celebrate with Pastor Harold Nash this morning because he is celebrating at Morning Chapel Missionary Baptist Church 150 years of ministry. Can I tell you, man, that's awesome. That is the most powerful, godly thing I've ever seen for a church to open its doors day in and day out, Sunday after Sunday since 1870. Are you kidding me? I mean, I can't even fathom 150 years. They aren't comparing themselves. They're planted where they're at. They're ministering to that demographic and that part of town and and that culture where God has called them to be. And faithfully, Harold gets up every Sunday morning and preaches at that church. And faithfully, he comes home. And for 150 years, a man of God has stood behind that pulpit and pastored that church. And I want to celebrate great victories because they're producing fruit, but they're where they're planted. And that's something to be celebrating and being amazed about. So listen to this. The key, the key to successfully moving out of one season into another, into the start of another, is found in the definition of content. The definition of content means this. The full definition is content sufficient in oneself. Now that doesn't mean in your power. That means in God's power because you no longer belong to yourself. You're born again. You're a new creation in Christ. I don't belong to me. I belong to him. So sufficient in oneself means sufficient in Christ because we're one, right? He's in me and I'm in him. So sufficient in oneself, strong enough or possessing enough to need no aid or support. The final part of the definition is what I want to uh, really focus on. Content, independent of external circumstances. Come on now. Somebody give me an amen on that. Content means I'm independent of external circumstances. So that means when, when God blesses my brother Mark right here, I'm independent of his circumstances. I can celebrate with him without being jealous of him. 
That means I'm independent of the, of the external circumstances. That means this. We love to quote this verse. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world, right? I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, right? But it doesn't start with just declaring bold words of faith. It starts with your relationship being in Christ and learning to be content in any and every situation where hungry or well-fed, whether rich or poor, whether my electric bill's 500 this month or it'll be 300 next month, whatever the situation, I've learned to be content because I'm independent of the external circumstances. Now, when we can learn to be independent of the external circumstances, everything begins to change. The big difference between the seasons of the year and the seasons of our life is that every three months we know the earthly seasons are going to change. Texas is a little bit different. Every five months and you got a one month and then a five month and then a one month, okay? We know the earthly seasons are going to change. In our personal lives, we expect the outside seasons to change, but not the seasons of our life. We must expect the seasons of our life to change because you are planted in the kingdom of God. And he said to everything, there is a season. And how you embrace that, if you will be content with who you are in Christ and your identity in Christ, then the season change becomes a little bit easier. I'm not saying it's always simple, but the season change becomes a little bit easier. The only difference is, here it is, the only difference is we are expecting one, the outside season to change, but the other, they seem to come up on us and overtake us. We're expecting one. We're expecting the trees to change here in a couple months. We're expecting the weather to change here in a couple months. We're expecting these things for the outside season. The problem is when seasons change in our life, it doesn't seem like we're expecting it. It seems like it hits us like a truck from behind. And sometimes it does. I'm not telling you to go out and expect every bad thing in the world to happen so you're ready for every battle. That's not faith. But I am telling you, if you are content in Christ, you are independent of external circumstances. And in that, if you get hit by something or you're expecting something, it doesn't matter because Paul said, I've learned the secret of it all. My sufficiency comes from him and in him, not from the external things of the world. If a, bad, if a big electric bill throws your whole family into a tizzy, you're not content. Right? If an emergency happens and all your whole life falls apart, you haven't learned contentment. If, a, if something amazing and wonderful happens... And it's one of the best things in the world. You're quick to say, hey, God, it's good. And we're doing this dance, you know, right? Yeah. But is he still not the good God? Yes, In the times when tough times come? Oh, yeah. Is he still not the same good God? Yeah. And shouldn't he be praised the same either yeah. way? Shouldn't he be celebrated the same either way? See, contentment happens when the bad times happen and you still stand up on your feet and say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me, I'm going to bless his holy name because he's still a good, good father. It doesn't matter what my external circumstances are. And because I am content in him, I am independent of this external circumstance. So now I have authority over the things that are trying to take authority over me. Come on, man. And I'm telling you this morning, we must learn the difference of content. And as I hit this next point real quick, we've all heard the term called R&R. &R, and that stands for rest and relaxation. 
right? I, I love, so, I don't really love rest and relaxation. I love doing crazy stuff and going nonstop. Other people may love rest and relaxation. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jeff, hallelujah. Rest and relaxation, we've heard it, but have we, we've heard of R and R, but have we ever heard of R or R? We love rest and relaxation, but you'll never get to the place of rest and relaxation until you figure out the R or R. The R or R is this. We have to learn to react or respond. And a lot of us, we live a reactionary lifestyle rather than a responsive lifestyle. Listen to this. Psalm 1 verse 3, it says, He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Praise God. So the answer for you to walk in full contentment is to be planted where? In a church that's flourishing where there's streams of water taking place. I love seeing the stream of water being poured over our kids as they walk through. I'm telling you the spirit of God is moving in this place and it's awesome. But listen to what it goes on to say. It says, he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in season. It's okay if you have a season where you just don't feel everything's so wonderful and great and I'm this, in this blissful place in life. Maybe it's better that you learn that how to function at a high level without the adrenaline rush. That's good. Amen. Without the feeling of euphoria. When you can minister and lay hands on somebody and pray for them without feeling the anointing. Because you just know you're in Christ and you know you're anointed. Right? That you don't have to, I'm going to conjure up the spirit of faith within me. I'm going to pray for so-and-so. And I don't understand why people think it adds more faith the louder you pray. That, that, that's never really made a lot of sense to me. It doesn't make it a more faith-filled prayer. It doesn't make it a more anointed prayer. What it does, it makes you talk louder, exert more energy. Usually you'll start spitting, right? And ain't nobody wants you to spit all over them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So it yields its fruit in season. So if some of you are in the midst of a seasonal change in your life, I want to encourage you, you must start looking at it like this. How am I going to do the R or R? Am I going to re react to this season and say, I guess God just doesn't love me anymore. I guess he's abandoned me and he's forsaken me, and, right? Or are we going to respond to the season and say, all right, I may not have saw it coming, but because I'm content and sufficient in him, I am independent of external circumstances. It doesn't say that this tree was planted by the streams of water and a storm never came. In fact, I believe storms did come because to everything there is a season. The Bible talks about the spring rain and the latter rain, so that means this tree got some rain from somewhere at some time and there was a storm in its midst. But it didn't say the tree freaked out even though it was by the streams of water and it yielded its fruit in season, but it was spazzing out the whole time and having a freak show and, and losing its leaves because it was worried and the flowers fell off because of the wind. And, right? Storms hit some of our lives. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm just I'm dying. You're not dying. You're still here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning that when something comes into your life, good, bad, or otherwise, you got two choices. You can react or you can respond. Right. 
Reacting means I'm going by the carnal nature that is possessing me. Responding means I'm looking for the Jesus on the inside of me and how he would deal with the situation. And we must be a generation that learns to respond rather than react. If we are ever going to turn the tide in anything that we do, we've got to be a generation that learns to respond over react. And have you ever noticed a tree does not panic when it starts losing its leaves? A tree does not react to the changing seasons, but it responds appropriately. It responds appropriately. Some of you parents are freaking out because school's starting on Tuesday morning. What's my baby going to wear? What's it going to have for lunch? It's amazing how kids look the first day of school versus how they look the second week of school. And I saw the meme the other day, or last year I saw it. It's like the kid walks up like he's the, the next GQ model on school morning. The parents walk up like zombies. They're like, I got my kids ready for school, right? Man, you hadn't responded. You've done reacted to the spirit of comparison that my kid's got to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. Now, dress your kids appropriately. I mean, don't take it the wrong direction. I mean, I mean have standards in your life. I mean, make sure they wash under their arms. I mean, healthy stuff. But with that, don't react so many times. Notice it said it's planted, it yields, it produces, its leaf does not wither, even in the summer heat, and this process is consistent all year round. Why? Because the tree is content when it's planted by the streams of water. You need to be in a place in the house of God where you are getting a stream of water into your life. There's a reason God put four rivers in the Garden of Eden, not just one. Whole other message. I don't have time to go there. And so finally, I want to bring this. You've got to learn to love your season. Love your season. Love is spelled L-U-V with a period after each letter. Love your season. Now, these are all tactics we also use in marriage restoration. Amen? that you need to learn to react over respond. If your spouse comes in in a bad day, you need to respond to them, not react to them. Qualify your conversations. Talk about how you're going to talk about it. My wife comes in or I come in and we're having a bad day. We've learned to qualify every conversation. Baby, I'm just venting. That means I got five minutes, no more, to say anything that's on my mind and she can't say a word to help fix it. <laughs> Jerrica, slap him. Just, just go ahead, sister. <laughs> Y'all pray for Corey. He's not quite married yet. He's getting there in about six months. Bless his heart. We also know this, that if I say, baby, I got a problem I need to help, you, help me fix, let's talk about it. She'll let me fully talk about it, and then we'll start troubleshooting. Sometimes when she brings me a problem, she doesn't want me to fix it. All the women say amen. amen. Okay, she doesn't want me to fix it. She just wants me to listen. God help us all, men. Ladies, we weren't geared to be listeners. We were geared to be fixers and empire builders. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We were geared to be fixers and empire builders. Listening to the problem, that'll only prolong me to get to the answer, right? No, it actually helped you get to the answer. There's a reason God created us like this. So you've got to learn to love your season. For you to see the season you are in, you need to respond to the season maker. You need to respond to the season maker and not react to the external circumstances. I'm going to close with this. You must learn to listen. Who are you listening to, the teacher or the trial? Yeah. 
Who are you listening to? Because both got a voice. One of the voices is in your head. And you know what I'm talking about. The trial voice says this. When you leave the office and it's been a bad day, well, I should have just told him this and I should have done that and I should have and I would have and I did it. And you wake up the next morning because you went to bed thinking the same thing. Well, today when I go into work, I ain't going to put up with none of that. I'm going to walk into my office. I'm going to tell everybody what's going on. Y'all looking at me like you ain't ever done that. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Everybody in this room has had that internal argument in their head. Yeah. And this is why the Bible says take every thought captive to the command and obedience of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You better take that junk captive because if you don't, you're listening to the trial, not to the teacher. And you'll never respond appropriately unless you're listening to the teacher. And if you always are reacting, it means you're always listening to the trial. Yeah. You must learn to listen. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to understand. Listen. Understand. Understand is this. Is this a roller coaster consequence or a season where my leaves are changing? A lot of things we get into is not because it's a season, it's because it's a consequence. You decided to jump on the roller coaster of chaos. If they're gossiping around the water cooler or wherever y'all's people talk in y'all's offices, walk away. You don't need that junk in your life. You got an option. You can either stay, say, I'm not getting on the amusement park because the season's closed and I'm staying away. You got to understand, is it a consequence of you getting on a roller coaster or is it truly a season changing in your life? A season changing in your life. You got to decipher that and only you and God can know that and that's why you must validate it. You got to learn to listen. Love stands for this. Listen, understand, and validate. Validate means this. You have validating in, in a season is done in usually three different confirmations. These are the three different confirmations. It's God. God will confirm it all the time. Through his word, through his voice, if you listen, through visions, through dreams, through signs, through wonders, he will confirm. He is an always speaking God into your life when you're asking for confirmation. The second is group life. Seasoned godly believers in your life that can help you decipher if it's a season or a roller coaster. See, notice I said seasoned godly believers in your life. It ain't your best friend who just joined the church last week and you're asking spiritual counsel for. Uh-uh. The Bible says there's wisdom in the counsel of many. Get you some good group life people. Get into a serve group, a no group, and a grow group where you can do life together and help them confirm things in your life. And finally, it's this. You're going to do it. You're going to validate it by your growing. You'll validate it by God, group life, and if you're growing. You'll know if it's a season change by if God's growing stuff in you. What is he growing in you? He's growing the fruit of the Spirit in you. He's growing patience in you. Praise God. Well, I'm just always irritated at work. Are you causing chaos or is he growing patience? See, we don't really like that. Come on. Why, why am I always just frustrated about stuff? Is it because you're on the roller coaster of chaos or is it because God's trying to show you that he's trying to implant a spirit of joy in your life? And he wants you to hear his voice so he can tell you how to grow into the next season of your life because he's not going to grow you into something that he's not going to use you for something. So what he's growing you into, what he's growing you into is for the next season of your life. And as I started this whole message out, change can be a little uncomfortable. Seasons are going to change. Things in your life are going to change. But Paul said, I've learned the secret. It is to be content 
in every situation, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So my one question to you today before you leave is what is your response? What is your one response today? Are you going to accept being content in every circumstance? That doesn't mean satisfied with where you're at. It doesn't mean you quit striving after the things of God. But it means, God, all my sufficiency is you. I'm independent of my external circumstances. Ministers, if you would come and just lie in the front, let's get ready to pray. We're going to do this quick because I went a little bit over. If you need Christ as Lord of your life because you are not content, you got unsettled and you got no peace and you're struggling in every area, this is your time. Every one of these ministers can lead you in a prayer that will bring you into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in every area of your life. It will transform your life and get ready. You're going into a new season.